Welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm here with Lenny and John. Tonight, we're going to be talking about is Toto Wolf secretly trying to be Emperor Palpatine or strapping young lads taking over F1 next season, including the new cars. And also, I pick a car. God help us. God help these gentlemen. They're experts, but hopefully that I can stump them. That's enough about what we're going to be talking about. Real quick, let's recap what we have done this week in cars. So, uh, Lenny, why don't you take it away? I think you had a little bit more of an interesting weekend than any of us. Oh, yeah. I think I had a, a pretty pretty cool adventure, uh, if I say so myself, to my own horn roll there. Uh, <laughs> me and the wife took a road trip <laughs> from San Sacramento through San Francisco, down the PCH-1 highway uh, west coast of California. For those who don't know, we drove for a while. Uh, and we a while. To Santa Cruz, we stopped by there for some food and walked the boardwalk. Got back on the one, went down to Monterey, tried to sleep at the beach, but that was unsuccessful. In the middle of the night, continue down to Carmel by the Sea, which is a beautiful town, by the way. If you guys, if you guys ever go down there, the bakeries are pretty good, albeit very expensive. But uh, also never try to sleep on the beach there because you will get woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But that's a different story. Uh, we ended up Wait. actually sleeping on Wait, the side of, of PCH. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so... We on in Monterey, there's a boulevard called Sunset Avenue, and it's right on the shoreline of the beach and a bunch of uh, house properties. But there's a bunch of turnoffs. And so you would think that in the middle of, you know, 10 o'clock, if you're overlanding or on a road trip and you want to catch uh, a good sunrise in the morning right on the beach, what do you do? You camp and park next to it, right? Sure. Absolutely. And so that's what we, I mean, that's what our, me and my wife were, were thinking about. We own a 2007 Lexus GX 470 as our second vehicle. And so uh, what I did Sunday morning is took, took out the third row seats and the second row seats. And basically that gave us enough room to spread out, uh, you know, a good sleeping bag and kind of, you know, set up our own tent within the car. And this way, you know, we could stay pretty mobile. Thankfully for that, uh, it kind of worked <laughs> worked out because... You can't park be, uh, a car and sleep in your car between the hours of midnight and 5 a.m. at Monterey or Carmel by the Sea. Um, wherever you want to do that. Uh, and the cops will, you know, ki kindly wake you up. You know, they were very kind and understanding. Like, they, they knew because I'm sure that, that happens all the time, like every day. They were the just day doing the rounds. Uh, but we ended up uh, going a little bit more south down PCH um, over by Big Sur National Forest because it, it kind of goes right to the coast, right? And we just parked up off the side of the one on the cliff on the cliff side. It was nice. Turned out to be nice. So, yeah, it all worked out. Very cool. Sounds like a very uh, picturesque California drive over the Labor Day weekend. Yeah. I think we, we must have put, like, a good 500 miles uh, in through, <laughs> yeah, I mean, on sun Sunday, Sunday, Monday. Very cool. 
like a very driver centric weekend. And I was wondering what vehicle you were in. So you weren't in the in the GTR hitting the curves appropriately. No, I mean, I mean, I did send it through some of the curves with the GX because it is surprisingly uh, nimble uh, SUV. Did you get Good word choice? Did you get Swifty on any dirt? Swifty. <laughs> uh, no, it was all pavement this ah. this time around. It was more of a you road trip, not an off road trip. Okay, okay. Mildly disappointed, but I'll I'll let it slide this time. Your picks were pretty good, so I can I can give you a hood pass yeah. this time. Yeah, uh, coincidentally enough, uh, where I decided to park off of the one, uh, there was a little trail right outside the door, the passenger door of where I parked, uh, that led down to the cliffs onto the water. Like it's really, it was really nice to do that at sunrise. Very cool. Oh, now that you have obviously probably told a better story and had a better weekend than all of us, John, what do you got? Yeah. Um, <laughs> follow that. Man, it's been, a, it's been a dry week as far as activities for me go, but I did, uh, I actually helped a friend buy their first motorcycle. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Never, never had a bike before. Um, they're asking me for advice and you know my sales pitch is always your first bike unless you know exactly the type of riding that you want to do your first bike should be a suzuki sv650 that's my story i've told me that yeah many times it's my story and i'm sticking to it um because that bike is not the best at anything but i don't think there is a bike in existence that does as many things as well as that bike does uh, it can be a race bike. It can be a leisurely cruising bike. You can do some off-road stuff on it if you want to, but you can adventure, you can explore, you can go fast, you can do pretty much whatever. And if you're a first-time rider, like, just get it and get in some trouble. And then a few years later, you can kind of figure out what kind of subculture you're riding. Yeah. Um, so they weren't confident to ride their bike home from the purchase, so I rode it home for them, and it's been... A good long time since I rode an SV, and those bikes are so—they're so much fun. Um, cool. I got it pretty weird on an entrance ramp. You know, I got my ass hanging off the side of the seat and got it leaned over pretty far. And my friend was like, "Oh my god, my bike can do that!" Uh, <laughs> Why'd you do that, Tom John? John, I... your friend has a very interesting accent. Where's he from? <laughs> oh, you know, here and there. And for the record, well, anyway, let's keep going. Uh, and. Uh, that inspired me to take the Ducati out for a little while. Very cool. And that, you know, whenever you hear a, you know, like the guys in Top Gear or a magazine reviewer talk about all, they come up with creative ways to make reasons that old cars suck sound like they don't suck. It has a lot of yeah. character. And, you know, um, I think my Ducati is the most that of any bike i've ever ridden like yeah it's uh you know it's Character. no it, it's it's a it's a 08 and it was the last of a generation of the monster and so it has no electronics anything no driver aids nothing it's got about 130 horsepower and a almost 80 foot pounds of torque and it's absolutely terrifying and it sounds like it, it sounds like 
Thor taking care that of does himself. Sound terrifying. Yeah, it's it's yeah. uh it's a terrifying bike. It has a lot of flaws, a lot of the plastic on it's like rickety and just like shakes in the wind. The fueling below three thousand RPM is absolute garbage. But it's also one of the most invigorating machines to ride or drive or whatever I've those, ever. Those those are the best. The ones that are, are sometimes barely <laughs> Barely holding on, yeah, uh, like dude. rickety. Where where it's okay to be rickety, but like mechanically speaking, it's the best thing ever. Well, like it's got super Gucci Olin suspension. You know, it's carbon fiber everything, forged Marchesini wheels. Like it's got all the stuff. It's fast as hell, but like the little practical bits are a joke, a joke. Like your heel sits on the friggin' exhaust pipe and it melts your shoe. And there's no storage, and the turning radius is just laughably wide. You can't turn the bars for nothing. And, and like, there's just all these, it's so Italian. It's so Italian. And there's just all these things that are just like, this sucks, and this sucks, and this sucks. Yeah, I see Ryan making the hand purse right now. Uh, uh, it's, but it's so, so ridiculously good. Um, you know, I have three bikes, and as a third bike, couldn't ask for a better one. <laughs> I've got other bikes I can rely on. I've got a Skyline I can take out. This thing has, it's just not useful at all. It's not, it's not remotely useful, but it's, it, it just, like, if you wake up. It's got character, John. Yeah, if you wake up and you didn't character. get enough sleep and you don't character. have coffee and then you hop on it, like, you're awake instantly. You're like, ah, I, I didn't need any nope. sleep. I just need to get on this thing. What did you do, Ryan? Well, Any car uh, stuff? I, yeah, I actually use car stuff. I don't own a motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> though John, many of hours has he invested in training me on if I ever get a motorcycle, what I'm going to do. How will I useful. reach these kids? Yeah, dude, so many hours. But uh, I do have an update on my daily driver, uh, a.k.a. I got a new rental. Uh, I switched to the Toyota... Um, well, I'm just having a brain part now. Corolla? That's not now. I thought I it was a Camry. That. Was it a Camry? Camry. Yeah. The Camry. Yeah, it's a Camry. It's an SE. It has paddles. Yay. Uh, sport modes. You can also do it you know, at the shifter if you want to. And coming from the Chevy Malibu, man, this thing sounds better, kicks off better. It's just ugh, way more enjoyable to drive. So I got that and was like, well, you know what? I think I'm going to go take some back hills uh, north of Omaha and drive. And so um, I used to live kind of in the hills north of Omaha. There's there's a little bit of squiggly up in there, and just kind of went cruising on them at night, and kind of throw back to my yonder youth, and it was really enjoyable. Um, and then the next day, oh, my wonderful wife, you. yeah, my wonderful wife decided to say, "Hey, uh, your Simrig was currently attached to a table that disabled you from properly uh, executing your wonderful Simrig skills," and she bought me a stand for it. So I immediately said. Heck yeah, I'm gonna go play Dirt 2.0, and then my arms are just doing like this rattle shake constantly. It's it's so awesome though. I've missed playing Dirt because I thoroughly enjoyed it on the controller, but I was so afraid because I mean we're, I'm talking. I had a, a my Fanatec Simrig wheel attached to like one of those tables you take to like put your shit on at a garage sale, which it worked fine when you're doing like accurate input for like F1 and GT Sport. It was fine. Uh, Dirt couldn't do it. So now I can play dirt. And so I've been playing dirt hardcore, uh, which is great because 
you know, my foot position is much better. I'm able to start dancing with my feet a little bit more. Uh, so it's been great. And then I had to go immediately out of town for the past two nights. And I was like, I just want to sit on my sim rig, man. Uh, so like, uh, that must have been it's, tough, it's all right. Man. Was, but I was at least in a fun vehicle to drive around. Um, you know, yeah, the new Camrys it. are are really quick, uh, dude. And I, I, I say that because I I've seen a few of them fly by me on the way to work. They're in, it's insane. If I have this thing in sport mode and I'm shifting it properly, I mean, first gear is super short, but like if I'm like really zero lift in it like floor of the pedal i mean it's like i'm in fourth gear and i'm already going 65 so the uh toyota again i shifted into about fourth gear and by then i'm already going 45 60 miles per hour in the speed limit so it's been a lot of fun i'm glad to have it i'll have it for a couple more weeks but uh let's get talking about well cars hold, hold, that on, hold on hold on i have well, to say okay if on the on the subject of the camry sure. if you as you go through rental cars if you ever have the chance opportunity to okay. get the Camry, the Camry TRD edition, those TRD. sound very nice, and they are very fast because they have blown by me at like 110 on the five interstate between LA and Sacramento. So, unfortunately, due to the current conditions of the car market, it is pretty hard to get anything. Uh, so <laughs> I'll take oh, what well, I can. I'm just, I'm just I'll keep an eye out. I'll you keep know, an eye out for sure for the TRD of the Toyota Camry. If we keep all this Camry better than a Malibu talk going, we might get jobs at Edmonds. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> well, consumer consumer reports. Consumer reports. So uh, besides the fact that we're doing uh, consumer reports on our vehicles, both of the two-wheel and four-wheel variety, let's talk about some uh, guys that definitely don't have to worry about the speed limit, can go real fast, and we're talking about F1. So to start off, uh, let's talk about the track that we went to uh, this weekend. Last weekend was uh, Zandvoort. Uh, it's Zandvoort. Zandvoort. There's no, there's no A there. It's just a hard in the D. Hard D. Um, really awesome track, in my opinion. Um, I have put some laps on the sim with it, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I really like it for the banking a lot as i think the actual f1 guys hitting it with the, the real the real deal did uh they said they enjoyed it um i i put a few laps uh this afternoon before we came in here on the xbox and i have to say i was putting down i think a minute 10 out the gate and it, I, I want to say Wild. I could get it under a minute, and I can't wait to be able to do that because that track is so fun to to race on in, in the video game. I can't even imagine doing it in an F1 car Such because it's just so good flow. It's almost mm -hmm. like I, you could almost do it zero lift the entire time if you if you do it correctly. Like it, it, It's just so nice. I call shenanigans on the minute 10. I'll post the lap time screenshot. Like, I, I'll do. Go. I'll do. I'll do that. I. I, <laughs> I did that on the second lap. Out. Wow. Hamilton's fastest is a one eleven. Well, then yeah. Maybe I need why an F one contract. That's why sim boys do it different, man. It's it, you're gamifying it for sure. No, I get it. I just, I just, I've found that 
I've found. I'm also on controllers, and I don't yeah. like not on a full sim, so that might be a little bit different. Man, I got a one. No, I got a one thirteen. Normally, normally sim <laughs> guys, uh, normally sim guys get cut you even more time. So I mean, we already know that Lenny, you're probably the fastest out of all of us on the sim. Uh, John can be fast, but inconsistent, and I slowly but surely will just keep dropping deltas all day. Uh, <laughs> that's the yeah, end that's goal. Good. Being consistent is good. I can't say <laughs> that I'm consistent, right? Like, like John knows me in real life in our carding uh, career. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I am known to you know do one, two very fast laps, but then you know on the third or fourth, biff it somewhere. You know, taking it too hard because I am Mister Zero Lift. Uh, that's fair. I'm Mr. Consistency over here, apparently. So what, uh, I mean, I'll tell you, my favorite part of it is after you come out of the chicane of 11-12, coming into the big, huge bank of 13 that they, they basically just extend the straight. They didn't have DRS on it this year, but uh, they were talking about possibly inducing it next year. Um, between 12 and 13 to have DRS, you go into the bank, and then 14, obviously, you pick up the DRS zone there. Into the newish uh, increased banking at one, uh, and then that just flows right into three, and then you just pop out of that, and it, it just never, it doesn't stop. It's fantastic. It just you come over the crest of the hill, you really can zero like zero lift it. You almost have to just downshift, uh, swing through that corner there at seven, up into eight, nine, ten, then you're back to the chicane again. It's wonderful. Can I, can I ask uh, yeah. what gear you guys are in through seven, eight, nine? Uh, six or seven, I think. Yeah, so I'm seven through seven and six usually through eight. Uh, for me, as I, as I'm going through five and six, I'm wide open throttle. Yeah. In eighth, eighth gear, then I downshift into sixth through seventh, then I'm back into eighth. Uh, by turn eight, then it's a downshift into fifth, and then back into sixth, uh, up until turn nine, and that's the downshift into third gear for me. Uh, then that's, I take that. That's pretty close. I what I want to point out on the track is after that, you know, three is very tight. After that, four, five, six, and seven, like. That portion of the track, it's very quick. Very it quick. just Fun. melts your mind because with the elevation, I can't even imagine how Checo did everything that he did on dude, this track. With the elevation changes through that little section, and it is all absolutely wide open. Like you're over 150 miles per hour through there, and it's just like it. Every signal in your brain is telling you let off, let off, let off, and and but it your the the car sticks to the track through that so four five and six are absolutely my favorite part of the track just because i'm just like how is this i how, how is this possible i shouldn't be able to do what i'm doing right now um, that that second zone, that second sector for me is at, by far my favorite it's just it's just so fast it's easy it's easy to biff it and just shunt it into so, the <laughs> shunt so. it into the gravel uh and then and then on the other hand it, it like once you hit it that line like at, at the limit, it's just so satisfying. I can't even imagine in a real race car. Yeah, sector two is one of those sectors where, one, I've never, I've never driven a track where like it is so 
obviously rewards trail breaking Mm -hmm. through there. Mm. Um, Like you almost feel like you're coasting because you're just kind of like lightly kind of trailing into some of those corners just to make it, but it's not enough to really justify any significant breaking. Um, It's a lot of feather throttle, a lot of half throttle. Yeah. And it's, Mm -hmm. I did sector But at the limited grip. Yeah, I did sector two, like I would just hit rewind and just rerun sector two, like I did it like a dozen times. Um, because it's one of those things where if you get the line, suddenly you're sticking like glue at 170 miles per hour. And if you don't get the line, you're at 120 and spinning off the track for some reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm excited that they brought this back to the calendar. I think that the drivers are excited they brought it back to the calendar. After a long and absence, too. Yeah. 20-plus uh, years almost. Um, 85 was the last last year. Yeah. Check me on that, somebody. One of our viewers <laughs> hit me up in the comments. Like, Call me out on yeah. that shit. Don't at me, bro. So, I mean, I think that somebody that was really excited for this particular track coming back uh, and mostly because of this, Max won, man. I mean, it was fantastic that... Big Max, yes! Max, 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 Super Max. So, I mean, coming into the the weekend, uh, especially after the letdown of the spa floods, um, having him be able to show up and just crush it for his home crowd... Uh, apparently he uh, kept it to his same routine. He didn't really go out and do anything super fancy and was just super focused, which is very much like Max. He just wants to get out and get the wins. Um, Pointed it early into turn one, out ahead of Lewis, and then just took off. I think that Red Bull also had some phenomenal strategic choices to make when they put him on the hards, and he just kept going, man. Uh, So it was really, really satisfying and fun to watch Max win at the Dutch and just – yeah, it was super good for me. What about you guys? For me, it was the crowd. I mean, yes, the the Max winning was great, and he was super focused and consistent as he would be on his, I would say, his home track. But the crowd, uh, and I think the drivers would agree if we would interview them. Uh, shout out to F1. Please sponsor us and get a driver interview. I love that. <laughs> uh, the crowd was electric. Like Even through the F1 bo- broadcast, I could tell. Uh, the roar of the crowd. They were super hype. So much orange haze. Uh, apparently they said not to bring flares. People said, screw it, we're bringing flares anyways. Uh, just complete amount of orange, orange haze everywhere. And I was listening to um, F1 Nation, and uh, they were saying that during the downtimes and the red flags, they had immediately pop DJs on and just keep the crowd and the, the energy flowing. And what I'm excited for is that the uh, coordinator for the Miami GP next year was there and was like, okay, this is how they do it in, in the Dutch land. It's Miami. Like, they got to bring those same vibes to Miami for sure. So that could be super awesome. I and can't wait that. You seem super excited about Miami. I, I'm yeah. more than track. But, yeah, I, the crowd of, of the Dutch fans was was absolutely amazing. John, what do you, what do you think about Max's win in the Dutch crowd? Um. So the the race itself, I was a, a smidge disappointed with it just because it just never really, like, the lineup was essentially what it was. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't any, 
I think there are some pretty good fights in the middle, you know, um, like around the, what, like P7 to P13 had some decent battles in there. But, you know, Max got out in front, Lulu got out in front, and that, you know, and that was pretty much, there's your race. And th- so that disappointed me because I like drama. Um, well, I mean, you had Checo fighting from the pit lane. P20 for, I think, the second race in a row. He made it into points. I mean, this year, last year, the his first win came after he did that, too. I mean, the guy is just phenomenal at getting through crowds. It's insane. And he kept the points going. I, I mean, I would say Botas as well was at the front. I mean, that did have some drama, especially with... Um, him coming in. I mean, let's talk about Lewis Hamilton, Mr. Lulu. Obviously, we're watching the race. It's not an F1 race unless there's a radio broadcast for Mercedes and Lewis complaining about his tires <laughs> or complaining about something. I think I counted seven times. And I don't know if it's because the guys that are the F1 producers just choose to be like, you know what, everybody, Lewis Hamilton's the popular choice here. Let's just put his broadcast up. But like, they need to like have somebody like radio check these before they give it to us live because at this point he's just complaining constantly um it's getting kind of old i don't know about what you guys i mean this is kind of why he's kind of burning me out as a as a even though he's a world champion great driver he just complains so much i i will say i've noticed a different sort of tone in the way that he speaks to the f1 media and the media in general concerning like mistakes that that happen on track or off track and he really deflects it to the team mostly this year like you know the team did this this that but uh, then he kind of walks it back a little bit but he he seems to be uh a little bit more dejected for me at least on lulu's so look, I don't like ragging on Lulu because he's an easy target, right? He No, I and I don't even mean that. I'm not even saying anything about him. I'm saying like he stands out in a lot of ways, right? He's you know, he's the goat. He's uh he's a black dude in a primarily light-skinned dominated sport. He talks about those types of issues, you know what I mean? And, and various social causes and stuff like that. So like, and I'm not saying anything good or bad for that. All I'm saying is doing those things makes you easy to ridicule. And I don't like picking on him for that reason. And, and for those reasons, because I am a bit of a progressive, I want to like him, but I will admit that sometimes he makes it very difficult. Um, I, I, he's hard to love sometimes. And uh, what do you get? Can I say one thing here? Yeah. And I, I just, I'm just kind of, this is a brainchild of mine. I just spawned right now. And I, I want to ask your opinion off Careful. of what you just said. What if there, okay. So I'm thinking two, two, two scenarios right now. What if Lewis Hamilton wins this year's championship? He, you know, surpasses Schumacher, then immediately retires comes back two years in two years with team ownership, like with a team, he's team principal, team owner, and, you know, two minority drivers. What would you think of that? 
or he doesn't win this year, uh, retires anyway, comes back in two years, yada yada yada. So look, I don't, oh. I don't want to, I don't want to derail our talking points too hard, but um, just quickly, like, what do yeah. you think of that? Yeah, that's, that's something think, you support, or I think, no, that is something I support. I think that's great, and the reason is that I, I actually this might be this could be an episode in and of itself. I have a lot of opinions on how the motorcycle world and the motorsports world writ large, like markets to, I don't want to say minorities, but like groups that aren't less into the sport, like women and, and yeah, minorities, sure. But like, uh, and if you know what, what I'm, I don't think that people that suck at driving should just be given a chance because of the race right but if he brings talent to the sport that wouldn't be there normally because you know it could be various issues it could be economic issues it could be because you know maybe i don't know what the breakdown is of like demographics of like do black people care about f1 i have no idea can he help make them care about f1 that's a good thing in my opinion can we get women to care about f1 that's a good thing in my opinion you know so if if yeah, my wife loves F one. There's, my wife I think also. there's plenty of, plenty of female interest in F one. Well, but the, but shout, women, shout out I mean, to our mostly female subscribers, by the way. Yeah, I mean, but who's your favorite uh, female driver on the F one grid? Oh wait, so yeah, actually, a, yeah. so hold on one second here. So there, there's so, ver- there's a reserve drivers. There there is, but so two things real quick. So essentially, Lenny has a brainchild, gets John on a soapbox. He's still right. shorter than me. And you heard it here first, folks. We're going to have an episode about uh, basically the non-white male demographic when it comes to <laughs> motorsports and the enjoyment. That is a future episode coming up, so uh, keep it pinned. We will get back to that. <laughs> Ryan just, is the just threw his hat series, though. Ryan threw his hat down. <laughs> yeah. there is Sorry. The, there so is the back to the, series. the Dutch on. GP. We'll get there. Because the W Series raced at Spa Francorchamps. Okay, that's how I found out about it because there was an accident at uh, at Radion, not at Rouge. They crashed at Radion. Get the get the corners right, kids. Uh, it's important. So, so the corner. We'll after. talk about that later in a future episode. So, and and point two of your brainchild here, Lenny, that I wanted to get back to, uh, or John's beautiful soapbox, and I agree, we'll make an episode about it because it is an important issue. I think that all demographics should be represented. Yeah, I, I believe Lewis Hamilton is not retiring. Okay, and this goes to my first point about Toto being Palpatine, right? Lewis Hamilton is not retiring. He is signed <laughs> on for a couple more years here. So even if he wins or loses, he is going to stick around with Mr. Up-and-coming George Russell himself. We all knew it was the worst-kept secret in Formula 1. We all knew it was going to be coming. We've got this this stack of stuff that was just happening. All right, I'm going to read it out, and then I'm going to I'm going to give Lenny the soapbox. He's already tearing up and ready to go. I can see him. Yeah, I'm fired up. up here for this. We've got Kimi Räikkönen retiring, right? Which then just starts this snowball. And in the course of us prepping to even do this podcast, it has all basically cl- just happened at once. Kimi's leaving. George, uh, Botas goes to Alfa Romeo. George Russell is now Mercedes driver, and as of today, has been confirmed that Alec Albon is going. Williams. So Lenny, you uh, you are hyped for this. You are the man and master that started the Toto, the Godfather, Toto, the Palpatine, Toto, the the mastermind, supreme, supreme leader, supreme, supreme leader, leader, Toto. 
Oh, Lenny, this soapbox is yours. Take it away. Hold buddy. on, hold on, hold on. Before you take it away, before you take it away, before you take it away, do oh, take God, it away. Hold them up. No, hold on. I, I just want to say, walk the dog on this for people that are listening. And who the hell is Toto? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's it, let, right. get on that soapbox, but let's walk the dog for people that maybe aren't in the know and why. This is so Let's shady because I think it's interesting and I think it's interesting even for people that don't follow F1, but I think we need to do justice to listeners that don't uh, to make it interesting it's for fair. them. So I, okay. Yeah, it's fair. I'm going to give the bottom line up front for me. What my point is, is that in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, my prote- <laughs> perception of what F1 is becoming or what it could become in the very near future is uh, just a sport ruled by mercedes and total wolf who is total wolf he's the main principal and one-third owner of f1 and so he's the mercedes team principal which means he's like he's like the program manager he's the guy that's responsible for like the program he's he's the director of of operations right the chief of staff so he doesn't drive he doesn't work on cars but he is manages all the people that do and he's responsible yes. for all basically the general manager. Yeah, as a follow other sports, he's the he's the general manager. He's the guy that hires all the people that do all the other stuff of of Mercedes F one team, which the most dominant yeah. F one team ever in the history of F one has won seven consecutive constructor championships. Lewis Hamilton has won seven driver championships in a Mercedes car. So why it's do you think obvious? He has one in a McLaren. Hold up. No, oh, does he have one in a McLaren? I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so they're super dominant. Yeah. dominant. Anyway, they're super dominant. Five years straight. Why do you think Toto's going to take over and, the world? Well, yes, go. Well, he has. <laughs> yeah. First of all, he has one third ownership of of F1, the entity F1, uh, alongside Liberty Media, and I assume. The strolls, as well, because <laughs> right? that's probably at, the, at this point because they're super accurate. Uh, and I, I, I view that as a conflict of interest because he has his hands or his fingers in every other team's pie, or he wants to. Uh, you could see very, very blatantly here with Kimmy retire retiring, whether or not it was completely Kimmy's decision back in december uh that's up to conspiracies we could put our tinfoil hats if okay. you want but kimmy raikkonen how long is he's he retiring been the, right he's retiring how long has he been in the sport 22 years 21 years right so okay weird that he's gonna retire now no he's not it's not weird well uh, but I mean, of all to say to say that he's not competitive is one thing if you put him in a, in a competitive car i'm sure he's just as good as anybody else he's is a world champion Right, but I mean, the timing, I do agree. The timing and the moves that follow the timing are a little suspect. Right, because like they all cascade on each other, right? So, Kimi's retired. Kimi tests positive for coronavirus, um, unfortunately, right? And so he's out for the next two weeks. Uh, Robert, and I always mess up his name. Someone get me on this. Kibitza. Kibitza. Uh, 
he he substitute last last weekend. He's going to substitute this weekend coming up uh, in Monza, right? But Kimmy's retiring at the end of the year. And then all of a sudden, Valtteri Buttas leaves Mercedes. And the press release is a little weird because it says uh, sort of under conditions, uh, Mercedes releases Valtteri Buttas to uh, offer Mayo for the next two years or, or something of the like. Um, so it's not a complete departure from Mercedes. It's more like uh, Mercedes released Buttas from his contract and allowed him to move to to Alfa Romeo, which is weird because why would they, why would they do that? Unless the plan all along was to put Russell in the Mercedes car next year alongside Lewis Hamilton, because Lewis is only really interested in getting one more title, surpassing Schumacher, then retiring, uh, then maybe coming back as a race team owner. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. But why? But you think that Toto influenced Kimmy to retire to give Valtteri a seat? If I'm in if I, in one way, shape, or form, I'm sure because uh, Toto has a relationship with Kimmy. So, but but what right. is your what is your shadow lord conspiracy theory here? Well, that that Toto wants uh, a finger in all the. Like total, like he does. He doesn't want F one to be sovereign. He wants to have his fingers in everybody's pie, and it's very obvious through other things that he said. You know, mainly concerning Alex Albon, who's now going to be at Williams' team. That he, if Mercedes were to have any hand in sort of uh, evolving Alex Albon into a better F1 driver or, you know, putting him into a seat in an F and a Mercedes car, he would have to be disconnected from Red Bull whatsoever. And it sort of seems there's no really details on it just yet that his move to Williams does not disconnect him from Red Bull completely as Red, as Christian Horner stated on his Twitter yesterday that they will be closely monitoring uh, Alex Albon at Williams, which is what he said about Pierre Gasly when he got demoted to AlphaTauri. Uh, just, you know, just put it out there. Those are almost verbatim words in the tweet. I looked it up. Wait, I wouldn't so, call that a demotion. But what's the what's the connection? I so, wouldn't say it was a demotion, but it is from you know the main Red Bull team to AlphaTauri. So what? But what's Williams' feeder team? Mercedes. So, so Williams is a feeder team. So Williams is sort of a feeder team to Mercedes, but they don't have it in the true sense that Red Bull and AlphaTauri have, which is something right. that I think Toto is trying to do. If Toto did anything, it would be to buy out or create a secondary team that was a true feeder team because Mercedes supplies engines now for McLaren, which that's definitely not a feeder team. That is a competitor. Uh, and then also true. Williams who is up and coming, but is kind of a feeder team, but mostly due to the George Russell story, right? We're not going to see the TV going to Mercedes anytime soon, right? They just use that as a temporary holding place for their drivers, but it is nothing close to the greatness that is the Red Bull feeder. There are, by the way, this is true. almost half the grid is someone who has been associated with Red Bull now. Seven drivers have been associated with Red Bull in some way. That's how good the Red Bull feeder series is, thanks to the one-eyed wizard, Helmet Marco, Dr. Helmet Marco. 
So also a correction, uh, Lenny, I love your soapboxing. It's f- wonderful. I love the tinfoil hat, um, but a correction your total wolf, uh, does not have any ownership in the formula one group that is owned by Liberty media. He does have a one third ownership in Mercedes AMG Protonus F1 team. He is the team principal ah. and CEO. Um, but he is essentially doing something that the great himself and is quoted as a British business magnate, Bernie Eccleston, right? It reminds me somewhat of that, but at a lower level, because Bernie was the master of doing lots of sketchy stuff, especially with the FIA. For those not in the know, that is the Ferrari uh, mafia, basically, that a lot of rules, regulations, and changes happen because of that. I think that Toto is attempting to do some sort of play like that, so I don't disagree with you. He does some kind of sketchy stuff. I think Kimmy was done, man. Uh Personally, I think Kimi was getting at the rope. You also have new rules and regulations. He's like, look, man, this is getting further and further away from the greatest era of F1, uh, V10s, uh, so and V8s, which you know he rocked. I'm sorry, yeah, V8s is where he came in. But V10s and V8s are really, you know, we're going further and further away. Kimi's getting older. He's ready to move on to new ventures. I think Kimi's going to go do rallying, like. Let's let's all pray for that. Let's let's see the Iceman go do be, some rally. That would be hell sick. yeah! I would love to okay. see that because he he took remember he took a step away to do rallying back in the day. And John just told me as I've gotten into 2.0, as I said in the intro, that rally drivers are regarded as the greatest of the motorsport uh, drivers. So that would be sick to see Kimmy go do that. Well, and Kimmy so, yeah, Kimmy is a Finn, so rallying's in his blood because Finns are his blood. His, they're historically the best rally drivers. So I, I would agree with you. I am really excited, though, that this all checked out. Because as I said before, too, we're strapping young lads take over F1, right? We have – this is the best time to be – if, you, if you're not into F1, get into F1. If you're an F1 fan, you've got to be hyped because this is the best time to be an F1 fan. So, But, but the, I, the grid just not, got a lot younger. Yeah. But what, what Lenny basically just described, though, is that Toto – was influencing or potentially influencing the moves of drivers on teams or satellite teams of not only Mercedes, but also associated with like Alfa Romeo, who's a Ferrari feeder, correct? Right, right. And and Red Bull feeder teams. So he seems to have his fingers in pies of teams that have nothing to do with the Mercedes dynasty. And that is a little yeah. like eyebrow raising. Exactly what I, what exactly is. What I was trying to outlay there. Yes. Thank you. Like why is I this guy is. in charge of Mercedes that is already the winningest, most team and the best funded able to make people on his main competitor teams do what he wants. That is, that's that not is, a sovereign racing group. That's not a sovereign racing league. No, but I mean, we're seeing it right now, though, that Red Bull doesn't care and Max Verstappen is a better driver than Lewis Hamilton. So it's okay. We'll be all right. And Red like Bull I said, is <laughs> the rebellion to Toto Wolf, Mercedes, the and greatest. Lewis Hamilton as Darth Vader. What we're basically saying is, well, Ooh, Netflix no, so kind of hit it on the head there. Yeah. Did. So they Toto kind of Wolf is Palpatine. On that. Yeah. That was Palpatine. Lewis Hamilton would be Darth Vader. If we're right. going to be true, <laughs> true nerds right. here, right? Then the rebellion right. is Red Bull. So Christian right. Horner would would he be Obi Wan then, and then Max Verstappen would be Luke Skywalker? No, because Checo is Luke Skywalker. 
Echo, you think Checo's Luke Skywalker? So then, so then Max Verstappen is Han Solo. Like, what are we doing here? No, 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 no. Checo's, Checo's definitely Han, Han yeah, Solo. Checo's, Checo's yeah. definitely Han Checo's, Solo. Checo's Han Solo. Verstappen is Luke Skywalker. Uh, Helmet Good. Marco is Obi Wan. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Christian that- Horner. Christian Horner, who's the team principal? He's basically Toto for Red Bull. For those of you, right? Yeah, know. so he's the team principal. So he's kind of the man who manages Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia. He's Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Is he Yoda? Is he Yoda? Oh, no. oh, Helmet Marco would be Yoda. Oh, okay, Helmet Marco Yoda would be Christian Horn Obi Obi Wan Kenobi. No. I guess that makes sense. Yoda. Checks Yoda out. is somebody that's not in the sport anymore. He's like a Nicky Lauda guy, or you know, like that's that's who Yoda is. He can't. He's he's not a Jedi Yoda anymore. Is, he's not part of it. He's he's a hermit. He's off. He's gone. He, that's like Yoda Marco metal. is a hermit. He's like a, he's like a Yoda is like Andretti or Lauda or so, someone someone like that that doesn't race anymore. And yeah. Just, but Lauda's going on a lot of podcasts talking about things are going on F one right. I think he's a good candidate for Yoda. Okay, let's do that. We'll, do, we'll give Lauda Yoda. <laughs> he's got a wrinkly face, anyways, from the fire. It'll be all right. So, oof. R.I.P. Uh, hey, Lauda's amazing. I watched Rush, remember, a couple weeks ago. Uh, great guy. Uh, so let's talk about the younger guns instead of the old guys. Who Who is Yoda? We don't know. But let's talk about the young kids coming up. I'm really excited because George Russell's at Mercedes, which for me, I've always liked George and his personality. I don't necessarily like Mercedes because of Lewis Hamilton and Toto, but the fact that George Russell is going to beat the pants off of Lewis Hamilton next year is just going to, it's going to cement that I like George Russell. <laughs> it's going to suck because he's competing against my boy, Max Verstappen at Red Bull. Okay. And also my other boy, Norris at McLaren. And then uh, I don't really care about the Ferrari as much, but we also have Leclerc. So we've got four massive young talents coming up here through yeah. four massively well-established, big, greatest of all time F1 teams. In McLaren, Ferrari, uh, Ferrari, Mercedes, and obviously my personal favorite, Red Bull, Red Bull Racing. It's fantastic. I, this is the best time to be an F1 fan, guys. It really is. Am, am I wrong here? I, I'm, I'm looking forward to next season. And new regulations on top of that. Let's go. What new regulations the, for the people in the that's back? That's the new chassis. The new chassis is coming up. So uh, it, all, it got pushed out, right? They just revealed the new chassis coming out with F1. So we're going to have the better overtaking possibilities where they're going to be pushing the – uh, dirty air higher above the vehicle, so the overtaking is going to be more uh, efficient and easy. So we're going to see battles between these four guys in four legendary car liveries. It'd be awesome. We we would hope. We would hope. Well, I mean, it'll either be awesome battles or Red Bull Racing is just going to keep the train rolling after they win this year, and it's just going to keep going again for a couple of years. It is very strongly looking like they're going to win this year. Uh, the Mercedes, the Mercedes car just doesn't isn't racing the same, or or maybe it's the Red Bull car just racing better. Both, because Adrian New is amazing. But so this is actually so. Let's talk about percentages and the most winning of all time. To go back to Toto, they actually have won a since. He joined in 2013. The team has achieved a winning percentage of 64%. But this year, they're one and nine. They have won a single race this wow. year out of nine races. Wow. By the way, that is the race that Mr. Lewis Hamilton decided to try to yeet uh, Vettel into the second highest G Force crash in F1. You mean Verstappen? Second, uh, Verstappen. Who did I just say? You My said word. Vettel. 
You said Vettel. Thank you. Well, I had Vettel on my mind because I think he's Yoda, but um, and also a, a legend of Red Bull. But uh, he he basically put him into the into the wall there, second only to the highest recorded G force, which is Grosjean basically cutting his car in half and lighting on fire and somehow walking away. That's the only win that Mercedes ha- Mercedes has this year. That's wild. That yeah. is wild. Well, and I think yeah. I think Mercedes has burnt a lot of not that it matters too much on the track, but I think Mercedes has burnt a lot of social capital this year just with pulling moves and getting cheap points and stuff like that. Not all of which is even necessarily their their fault, but like the uh the rain out at Spa and oh. um and then Vettel getting DQ'd and that giving Hamilton <sighs> more points, right? Like that's not it's the other one. That's not his fault. That's not Hamilton's fault, but like it happened right after Hamilton tried to kill Verstappen. And so it's just like, dude, F you, bro. <laughs> um, and then in was it Portugal, he went near the gravel, and then it just so happened that George Russell was trying to overtake Bottas, and Bottas was like, nah, dog. And he got saved by the red flag. I mean, he's had so much luck this year to just keep him in the fight because yeah, if it wasn't yeah, for that, yeah. he. He'd be left in the dust by Verstappen right now. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that in the past, we've seen Hamilton just win with ease. You know, no drama, no, you know, nothing really happened, just Hamilton winning. And now um, second place has been a fight, you know, and it's been luck and it's been BS and stuff that have happened, um, you know, and Order 66 coming out to destroy the entire grid by Valtteri Bottas. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm saying? It like, fits with the theme. It fits with the theme, man. Right. And this reminds me very much of 2016 when Nico took Nico. it from um, Lewis. And I think this last race kind of solid, at least it solidifies it for me that Max is winning it this year and Lewis does not have it this year. At least the car is not there. For him. Yeah. So one more big stat before we move on here. Uh, if Lewis and Verstappen DNF the next nine races and Mazepin wins, he could be the world champion. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep that in mind, folks. Well, uh, so this, uh, this, <laughs> you know, while that is funny, uh, I think that does show that, like, that, you know, the spread this year isn't that ridiculous oh and norris had it going for so long yeah so let's talk about the spread coming up to the temple of speed uh john this is probably one of your favorite circuits it is in your <laughs> monza america it is manza uh Would it is stop? a it's wonderful the, track. no <laughs> think about what you just did it is a wonderful monza. track definitely monza uh it's it's Monza, and uh, it's wonderful. I, I, as I was telling them, uh, I let my kids drive on this track on the sim. I think it's a great kid-friendly track. Why do you think it's uh, a kid-friendly track? Because it's so fast. And so, like, you, you have to realize that, like, I've got a 4-year-old, a 5-year-old, and an 8-year-old, and the 8-year-old does okay. I just let him start using the pedals. But my daughter, she, she's 4, and she just wants to just do like this, just go ballistic Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, and just doesn't want to keep it on the straights at all. And it's hilarious. And so, like, I, for me, it's it's a really good track. So, John, why don't you take it away? Tell us why this track's amazing. What do we think is going to happen this weekend? <laughs> and now let's go over our picks. 
in Monza um, because Mercedes has dominated here for five years, but I think Red Bull is going to keep the train going. Yeah, so you know, Monza is one of those tracks where, like, if you're driving F2, it feels super easy, and if you are in an absurdly fast car like an F1 car, I think it's I think it feels like a very difficult track, um, just because it's extremely fast, but then all the corners are like. I would almost say panicky. You know what I mean? Like the, uh, yeah, you've got three corkscrews in the middle of what is otherwise extremely high speed sections and corkscrews are very tricky. You got to bleed off a lot of speed and it's a lot of work through the corner. And, uh, that, that makes it very tough. But then, then everything in between that is just, you know, it's like the highway to Las Vegas through the desert, man, like just route 66 wide open the entire way. Um, so it's, it's the chicanes. That's what I'm saying. You say, when you, you say got, corkscrew, do you mean chicane? I meant the chicanes. Yeah. Sorry. I got Laguna Seca on the mind. Um, <laughs> but that yeah. is a chicane. It's just a, it's just a very special one. Right. But you've got, you, you know what I mean? You have these three chicanes and they're right in the middle of 150 mile per hour plus straights you know and like the end of sector three into sector one is just like you might as well light your hair on fire i've i've only ever raced monza in video games but i've done that over the course of many years so i've put a lot of laps into it virtually i could say like those chicanes probably are one of my favorites like the, the whole course uh the whole track the whole circuit whatever you want to call it is just so nice it's a temple of speed it really is it just illuminates so many good aspects of so many good cars throughout the years and and throughout history it just proves that it could it could still be a good fast course but what about the track to you stands out because to me it's the absurd amount of really high speed straightaways uh for me, it's the sustained speed sweepers. Okay. Not only the parabolica, but like also uh, the back right-hand sweeper into the straight start-finish line. The last chicane before the parabolica. Yes. That is such. Like, no, no. So, so what is it? I'll have to pull it up. So you're talking about so after you come off the long, uh, you have the two right-handers that are the kind of slow brake check yourself, and then you basically have that super long straight. So I'm talking uh, turn eleven. Okay. Well, that's parabolica. Oh, is it? Yeah. I always thought turn three was called parabolica. What is that? No, that's curva grande. <laughs> Yeah, that's Curva Grande, dude. Yeah, then, yeah, I've had my turns at Monza mixed up all these years. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> great work. Anyway, uh, turn eleven, Parabolica is probably my favorite. Yeah, okay. So I so guess I'm just, a cli- I'm just a walking cliche at this point. Thanks. That's okay. So for me, I actually thoroughly enjoy. It's it's like this. It's like pop, uh, crackle, snap, snap. What is that? The snap, crackle, pop. Rice Krispies. For You're me. killing me. Snap, crackle, snap, crackle pop. pop. It's Manza, snap, crackle, you nail it. All right, cool. So Manza for me has always been a lot of fun because when I first started racing it and doing sim, it looks so easy because it's like, that's not a lot of turns. Yeah. 
And then I quickly realized what a chicane was, why that became my favorite word, uh, and why they're amazing. Because like when you're on the wheel, it is like you have to break so hard, so on point, and then it just has to be bop, bop, and you're just going again. And it's just yeah. the whole control of X amount of brake available, Y amount of turn available, Z amount of acceleration available to nail it every time and then you get to zone out and just go super duper duper fast and then, but then you're like bam 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 and then you're just in it again and it's such a cool little it's got a really different flow and feel to it than a lot of other uh, circuits and then you do have the amazing cliche parallelica turn 11 uh that is just fun to nail it, you nail that and you just carry so much speed well, yeah. and then again you Come to one two chicane, you're like, oh crap! Bup, bup, bup. And you, it's, I love it. I love it, man. It's Par- such a good circuit. Parabolic is cool because it's tight at the start, and then it's increasing radius all the way through. So, you know, you're just standing on the brakes to go into it. But then once you hit that apex, it's pretty mm. much game on from there. Um, it's beautiful. So it gives a lot of great opportunities to pass because there's a lot of mistakes that you can make at the start. But then there's a lot of opportunity to gain ground at the end because the end of the turn is not technical. Right. Yeah. Uh, eight, nine, ten. It's just a wonderful track. So, guys, let's talk about our top three. Who's getting uh, top three this weekend coming up here at Monza? I think it's going to be a fight between Max and Lulu. Um, as for the third guy in the mix, I have no idea. We've seen this season weekend to weekend it could literally be anyone and i'm keeping my fingers crossed for checo because he's my favorite all right lenny i think it's going to be red bull one two lewis third okay i'm going to be controversial then i'm going to say red bull one two third (laughs) is going to go to charles leclerc Ooh, i also that's a good that's okay i could i'm down with that i'm down with that i'm immediately down with that What's, Give him uh, the one, but that's going to Mass because he's the greatest. What's Checo's? That would, that would be good for the Chifosi. What's uh, What's yeah. Checo's history at Monza? Is he good at Monza or not? Uh, I, I don't know offhand, but I just assume that him and Max's car are pretty similarly set up in terms of power and uh, downforce, especially at Monza. So he'll he'll have a similar time. Yeah, he but- is. I'm talented. Yeah. Well, of course he is, but he's also somewhat inconsistent. So right. I, would I say think he'll do I'll, all right. Inconsistent. I think. I, I mean, I wouldn't okay. say. I wouldn't say Checo is inconsistent. I I would say that only because Checo is either a tends to either be a mid pack driver or gives you the most eye watering, unforgettable race you've ever watched 100 percent accurate hundo on that for sure yeah. i mean that, that that's been, that's been his, the story so far i would agree with that well but he's been around for a minute and th- like i said he's my favorite driver so i'm not talking but you know about what also guys what's that i just remembered what's we're also that? bringing back the uh f1 sprint this this weekend guys oh so yeah. that means oh, is friday it? yeah i didn't even so- realize it's, this is the second one. I don't remember what the third one is. But, yeah, so this is number two of the sprint. So Friday we're going to have the sprint qualifying. 
Saturday yeah, will be yeah. or no, Friday will be qualifying. Saturday will be the sprint qualifying. And then uh Ross Brown's still working. They're gonna rename it next year probably. And then obviously Sunday's race day, boys and ladies. So all right, cool. There's our top picks. So let's bring it into the final sector here. And let's talk about me picking a car. Guys, why don't you set this up and I'll uh, I'll just sit back for a minute. All right, ladies and gents, if you have been following us for any amount of time, you know that at the end of each episode, normally I, in a section called What I Wish I Was Driving, pick a car that Lenny and Ryan have to guess in 20 yes or no questions, the 20th of which is the car itself. Uh, They cannot guess the car. Well, they can guess the car early, but if they get it wrong, they lose. Um Ryan got a hair up his butt and thinks he wants to pick the car this time. So uh, he's going to pit me and Lenny, who are just attack dogs, choking ourselves on our leash uh, against him and see if he can stump us. So I don't think it looks good for him, but we'll see how it goes. He might have gotten on Wikipedia and just picked something super out there. Oh, I tried to keep it somewhat. Uh, That's my hint. So this is not... I was trying to figure out how am I going to give these guys hints without giving it away. And I'm a rookie, so I don't know what I could even hint properly. Uh, so the no generation rule applies. No that generation. Right. Of here. And also, the hint is is that I did not just wiki something completely off base. And I was like, I'm just going to pick a car to stop these guys. Screw these experts. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I went with something reasonable. Uh, so there you go. Take it away. All right. Is this car American? No. Is this car European? No. Is this car turbocharged? This is already where I have to start. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm oh, throwing you, you, you curveballs already, huh? You didn't think I about did. This. I did read about it. Hold on, I gotta remember though, because I, I, I shove so much information in my brain hole, and then it's hard to like remember. The audience is mad at you. The audience is probably like, just I mean, furious. unless unless you picked a South African or South uh, American manufactured car. Uh, no. It only, no. Okay. I mean, this should be a five-second Wikipedia search to be sure. Yeah, I'm working it. I, I don't think so. All right. Does this car... I have to do one throwaway question. I like to do it first, but I'll do it now. Does this car have an obnoxious wing? Does this car... No. Okay. Is this, Is this car front-wheel drive? Is this car front wheel drive? Uh, that is negative. Is this car Japanese? Hi. Is yes for those that don't speak Japanese. All right. So it is a not front wheel drive, no wing, not turbocharged Japanese car. Wow. Okay. Um. What? 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 We're gonna give us you your your question was silly wing if I recall correctly, John. I said obnoxious was the actual. Uh, so it doesn't have it. It doesn't have an obnoxious wing, but it may or may not have a wing. Does, okay. Does it have a wing? Oh come on. 
Right. Yes. Okay. Um, was this car manufactured by Honda, Subaru, or Mitsubishi? That's a yes or no question. Uh, so job. It always as, gets tricky with this shit. No, it's as, not tricky. As, I'm going to bring this back from last episode when I did this and you asked me a multiple kind of yes or no kind of thing. That's that's not going to fly. Why not? If it's we're, any, we're sticking to that rule. If we're sticking to that rule. Any a, of the three, he says, yes, we don't know which one it is. We don't know if it's Honda, <sighs> Mitsubishi, or what did I say? When Lenny and I did this for the first like four episodes, we kept it simple, like with with just this one manufacturer. Not, this not is, gonna right. This is not Cause, difficult because you could say, "Is this an American car? Is it a Dodge or a Ford?" And right. then like, <laughs> and if you say yes, then it's a Dodge or a Ford. If you say no, I know it's probably a Chevy. See, this is tactical. All right. Well, this is why. It, I guess. Yes. I mean, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna point this out, guys. Just go and listen, not officers. Otherwise, you end up like John. So <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> Just remember, kid. Unless, unless it is cooler. Um, so you asked me if it was Subi, Mitsubishi, and what was the third one, John? Honda. Honda. See, it's just such cheese. Hold on, Subaru, Mitsubishi, Honda, and that is a negative. And that is question number nine. Wait, that's, that's number eight, isn't it? America Euro Turbo Wing, four-wheel drive, Japan. Uh, does it have a wing, which Lenny just asked, which yep. is seven. And then my question. Subaru, and then nine is... Yeah, so that's number nine. Wait, Subaru? We didn't ask Subaru. Who'd you just ask me? I said Honda Mitsubishi oh, Subaru, and that was question eight. Yeah, but, so now you're on number no, nine. nine. Yeah, now yeah. we're on nine. We're on nine. All right. Carry on. <laughs> All right. Is this a four-wheel drive vehicle? Oh. Okay. That's question number. This is number 10 now. Coming up, yeah. True. It, was it made by Nissan or Toyota? I'm gonna, you get one multiple choice question. That's going to be my new ruling. Oh, my God. Was it made by Nissan? No. Was it made in the 90s? Was it made in the 90s? Was it made in the 90s? No. Um, is this a Mazda? No. Oh, Lenny, we're in trouble here, man. So guys, we, this is number 13. I want to talk some amongst yourself. You're feeling a little clumped right now. So all right, look, uh, look, get it look, together, boys. Look, You're the experts. Are we overthinking this here? We've got, no, we, we don't. It could be a Toyota. It could be what other Japanese brands we got out. We got five. Honda, Mitsubishi, Subaru, Nissan, Mazda. No to all of them. Uh, I mean. Has a wing. Hold on a second. Ryan, was this car made by one of the Japanese luxury brands that were only sold in America? Those brands, I'm, those brands being. Thank you. Please help me out here. I think it's Ac a yes. Acura, Lexus, or Infinity. Yes. We'll go with yes on that. Okay. Was this vehicle a V10? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Engine? 
vehicle? Was this a V10? Yes. It's a V10? Was was that a yes? V10. Huh. Uh, that's very interesting. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Was this... Oh, are you boys narrowing it, it down finally? Was this made by Lexus? Yes. Huh. Well, I, I guess it's pretty obvious right now, right? John? Yeah. Uh, was There's this, only one. Was you this, guys, yeah, you is got this, it? Is this car hideously ugly? Whoa. That's, no. that, 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 that's very... Oh, I'm saying no to it. John just asked a dumb question. Oh, well, then if it's For the car I think it is, then we have a problem because the car I think it is mm. is ridiculously ugly. Hmm. I did not ask him. John is the multiple choice question and a objective question based guy. Okay, I have, it's going I, Does Ryan does this car yes. have a triple piped exit exhaust in a reverse triangle fashion? Two pipes uh, at the top, <laughs> and then one pipe uh, in between. This is why you and I should just be teammates on this and John should pick cars. <laughs> a fucking legend. Yes. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, uh, this, this car is the Lexus LFA. Yeah. Nailed it, Lenny. Good and job. Yeah. Number see, 18. See, you guys were getting close. But see, now we have a problem because the L- a Lexus LFA is insanely ugly. It is so a very nice looking car. Let me tell you why it's a nice looking car. And boys, okay, first off, I want to I know. Do you have a guess as to why I picked this this vehicle? Uh, because it's the be- one of the best sounding engines of all time. John nailed it. He knows me. Because <laughs> Yamaha, not the motorcycle side of it, the keyboard and music side of it, literally engineered the engine down and the uh, the top. What's the top that goes? The uh, air intake basically on top of the engine and tuned it to basically be the base. Like the Hertz frequencies are the most satisfying to the ear. And then unlike most common modern cars where they handle fake engine noises into your ear holes, they designed essentially a funnel from the engine into the cabin. You can, while driving, hear those satisfying sweet tones. And that to me as a car, I was like, that's awesome. And it was rare enough that it, it took you guys all the way down to 18 to figure yeah, it out. No, so. that was that was a good pick. Yeah, that was, that was a good, good one. That was for a good sure. Pick. Now I do want to I point out. Cool I do want to point out that I said, "Was this made by one of the Japanese American market luxury companies?" And that was okay. But if I had asked, "Is this Lexus Infinity or Acura?" You guys would have gotten mad about that. So next time I'm going to be like, yeah. "Was this made by a company on the Kanto plane?" And you're going to be like, "Uh." No, yeah, no, no, that 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 I'll accept, accept that. that. Yeah, that's that's very it's a better question. question. Yeah, it's absolutely. the it's same thing. Oh, but it's a no, better way. No, to yeah, ask but the it's a better phrase question. Yeah, absolutely. As a salesman, as a salesman, I appreciate the better phrase question. I was like, oh, he nailed it. But it still gave you three. But it was like the way you're asking it, you're informing people. Like, hey, you can only buy these brands in America. Teaching people, I, I believe in that. I think it's a better question. So if you want to come up with multiple choice questions in a way, I'm a pinker. Okay, there we go. I think, I think this car is beautiful, and fancies. John probably doesn't like the look of it, but like a lot of the look and design is all acoustics, right? I mean, it's all about the acoustics. It's the, I think the, everything about it is a is a it's perfect amazing. combination of form and function. I just that's exactly. They had no limits. They literally halfway through were like, "Well, we gotta scrap this and now learn how to do carbon," and that uh, they didn't care. But now that carbon learning 
at what at the time 2010 to 2012 2012 when this was produced was new and they took that and information from lexus and building this car that they knew they wouldn't turn a profit on and then utilize that down the road for future lexus and toyotas it's fantastic i just love all the science and engineering that went to this vehicle and then it sounds amazing drives amazing apparently it's like on the limit constantly and you have to find the right road for it it's uh as john would say a car with character you know, yes i agree with everything that you said except you know the one problem with the lfa is that i would have to look at it before i got inside it and that <laughs> oh i guess well, we'll forever be we'll just agree to disagree exactly <laughs> i so, don't folks, uh, i'll stop i'll stop i'll stop John has weird objective opinions about what good cars look like and what bad cars look like. We can talk about more Go on a different Go episode. You know, I, I just look, man, everything's beautiful. We're going to have, that's the thing. You got to find the beauty in everything. And I can, and, uh, it's in that car's engine. Cause it's definitely not in its body or styling. Fair enough. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody has their opinion and our opinion here on zero lift is keep it pinned, have fun, enjoy cars and keep it going guys uh that's been another episode of zero lift i've been ryan with lenny peace and john promise we won't talk about f1 as much next time <laughs> yeah hopefully not we'll uh we'll pick a great topic we'll see you guys then keep it pinned